Blog Talk Radio. Hello, you are listening to the Gist of Freedom. Uh, right now we have on the line some wonderful people. We have uh, two guests from California. They are the founders of the Million Father March. I'm going to let them introduce themselves to our listening audience, and let us begin with Dr. McWilliams. Uh, could you start the show with us, our host? Thank you. Sure. How you doing? This is Dr. McWilliams, part of Just of Freedom. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Good, good. Is this, uh, I believe we have our guests. Uh, Mr. Stampley and Mr. Boykins, are you both on? Yeah, yes, I'm on. Yeah, we are. Mr. Boykins is on. This is Terry Boykins, and so it's glad to be with you. And this is A.T.L. Stampley. All right. How you doing, Mr. Stampley? I'm good. How about yourself? Thanks for having me on the show. Oh, thank you for joining us. I appreciate you coming on to share your story. And I just wanted to start off with you, Mr. Stampley. I just wanted to talk about your book. Uh, a fragile child's cry. If mm-hmm. you could uh, tell us, if you could tell us a little bit about yourself and, and about the book, and what and what inspired you to write this book. <clears throat> okay, um, the book, a fragile child's cry, as, as you mentioned, um, is a story about um, my wife and I losing an infant son, and later deciding to become foster parents, which is what we did. And um, the first child that we got out of the foster care system happened to be our son. He wasn't our son at the time because he was still in the foster care system, but he was an abused child. Mm -hmm. He had shaken baby syndrome, and someone tried to smother him to death. Wow. And... um, that's how everything started. Um, Tavares was a normal child. He was born normal, as as I stated. He ended up in the foster care system uh, because uh, someone abused him and they tried to smother him to death. And it was later determined that Tavares had old injuries on top of the ones that he had uh, after we had gotten him. Uh, which caused him to be uh, totally wheelchair-bound and totally blind. Mm. And so we had to fight the system to keep Tavarius uh, in this comfort zone, to keep him safe, to keep him from having to go back to that same environment that, um, that did that abuse to him because the system was in the process of sending him back. And um, my wife and myself, and along with uh, a couple of other family members, you know, we, we, we fought the system to make sure that Tavares stayed safe, you know, which was with us. And uh, he has been with us since he was he was two months old. And um, like I say, it it was a journey that, uh, it was crying times, but then there were there were happy times, but there were a lot of struggles with that. Uh, mm-hmm. And what I'm trying, what we are trying to do, is bring awareness 
uh, about to society about child abuse and to let uh, people uh, to get people to understand how serious of an issue this is. This is a disease, and I say it's a disease because it won't go away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and 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 so go ahead, sir. All right, I'm sorry. I was saying, and and was it the passing of your child that made you become or seek to become adopters or? When you decided to become adoptive or foster parents, uh, was it always a, or was there always a desire to adopt someone in special need, or is that did it just take a path of its own? No, that took a path of its own. So I, I'm going to say that was in God's plan because mm-hmm. uh, I had never dealt with a child that uh, what they what we call medically fragile, or medically fragile. Uh, a child with special needs, I had no idea, uh, for the exception of what I had read in the newspaper or seen on television. Uh, so that was my first encounter, my wife and I, of a child, you know, that had conditions like that, you know, a child that had been abused. You know, when, when, right. when we got to this child, he had, uh, numerous of medical issues. You know, he had bleeding on 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 the brain. His uh, his brain was swollen. Uh, there was blood behind the retina of his eyes. Uh, he had uh, broken legs and fractured ribs. And wow. as I, I yeah, and as I stated, um, he he ended up being totally blind and in a wheelchair. Right now, to this day, he he's he's fourteen years old. And we have to do everything for him, right? But he's a well, happy I, I think. Well, I think it takes a special, a special person, a special parent, and a special type of person to want to uh, take on the needs. And it's a special. It takes a special co- couple to want to take on the needs of a special needs child. So I just want to commend you on that. And uh, you stated this is the this is what your book, uh, A Fragile Child's Cry. This is what it's detailing. Is it actually the child's story? Or is it, uh, you know, basically detailing the everyday life of the, the, the parents? It's, 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 it's basically what it does. It touches a number of issues. Uh, one being it tells about the journey that we had to deal with during this whole crisis uh, situation. It tells about the things that are, are involved in taking care of children with, with special needs. Uh, it tells you the the good parts and the bad parts. You know, okay. I I could not tell the story if I was not going to tell the whole story. So telling right, the whole right. story means that I have to tell the bad parts, and there are some bad parts, just like I have the good the good parts. You know, I I I have to tell everything, and and that's what I did. You know, some things that people are 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 afraid to touch, well, I mm-hmm. touch them. You know, I, I let individuals know what really is going on, you know, the the things that they need to know because uh, we were praying and, and still praying that down the line that this will help someone or a lot of someone. Now, now does, do you share your story with other uh Foster parents who are taking care of special needs children? Is that, is oh, that something no, you find yourself doing? Yes, with the, the chances that 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 I get, as a matter of fact, uh, Mr. Borkins 
was here, and I thank God for him and his organization, Street Positive. And, by the way, that's where the book can be purchased at, at uh, www.streetpositive.com. Okay. And, um, I, and I thank God for Mr. Borkins. As I stated in his organization, um, he sponsored a book signing here for me at my son's uh, school, which is a school for special needs children. Okay, great, great. Uh, Mr. Blakens, are you on the air? Dr. McWayne, I am here. How are you doing, sir? Happy New Year. All right. Happy New Year to you, and thank you for coming out and sharing the story with us. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Glad to uh, be on your show and... uh, you know, get uh, get the get 2012 kicked off on a positive note. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We're certainly glad to have you. For those who are listening, uh, Mr. Boykins is the CEO of Street Positive. And Mr. Boykins, if you can just tell us a little bit about your organization, Street Positive, for our listeners. Sure. And to also clarify, uh, I'm not the founder of the Million Father March. I actually am the organizer. I'm out on the West Coast. Uh, Philip Jackson okay. out of Chicago, uh, Black Star Project, is the actual founder. Um, uh-huh. But I, had, I do work very closely with Philip and have for a number of years, and uh, Street Positive has, has been instrumental on helping that particular campaign to get fathers involved with the life of their children grow. Right. Um, okay. Street Positive basically is an underwriter of different campaigns that happen that involves the well-being of young people. Uh, the focus is youth, uh, whether it be by fatherhood, uh, whether it be by mentorship, uh, whether it be by entrepreneurship of young people trying to uh, sustain themselves economically, uh, there's four key areas that we're focusing on, and that being education, economics, social, and spiritual well-being of a young person. That's where we focus our attention. Mm-hmm. Great, great. And can you also just tell us a little bit about the uh the Million Fathers March as well that you're closely involved in? Yes, the Million Father March, which has grown significantly uh, since the inception of 2004, uh, is orchestrated to engage fathers from around the country and actually internationally now that on the first day of school, fathers will commit to being a part of their child's life. Um, right. Statistically, we know that when a, when a father is involved with a child uh, very early on, uh, that child is more likely to perform academically and also stay in school. And we all know, particularly when you deal with um, African-American male students, when you talk about a 50% dropout rate, uh, that is absolutely unacceptable. And Mm -hmm. a lot of that can be avoided just by the presence of a father in a child's life. Right, right, right. And this is something that happens as it occurs this uh, Million Father March yearly, or is it a call that, how often is the call for the Million Father March or for this the organi- organization to take place? The Million Father March uh, typically kicks off around July of a given year annually, and it will go until October, uh, mid early October at, at, at the latest, uh, depending when school goes on and when schools go back in the session, because you have year-round schools as well. And so right. that is Typically what we're looking at, it, and as a matter of fact, as we speak, we are already starting to work on the Million Father March for 2012 just because it's grown so much. Um, and so we're getting ready. This year we're going to be doing um, something pretty special, and that is uh, the dynamics of mentorship and the call to action 
of fathers to engage in not just ensuring the success of their kids, but you have a lot of fatherless kids. You, we're, in this country, we're looking roughly about 24 million children that do not have a father that lives with them for a 12-month period of time. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of that's a lot of young people, and, and particularly even in the African American community, you're looking at 70 percent of children, African American children born, are born to single mothers. Right, right. And does this million fathers march? Is it in any relation to the million man march? Uh, not in or? direct relation to the million man march. Uh, the, the concept okay. is the the call to action, but the million father march is is primarily uh, education based, uh, paternity right. oriented. And um, mm-hmm. it's really a call to men to step up and, and take on their responsibility to ensure that their child's education uh, is of significance. And one of the things um, that I actually have a chance to really challenge men on, and that is the following. If you can name five NBA players within ten seconds, you ought to be able to name five of your children's teachers within three seconds. Right, right, right. And how how, is that, how has the response been to the uh, um, the Million Father March in, in in regards to those who have participated? There? Have we seen fathers uh, uh, in increasing numbers participating within the life of their children as a result of this movement? How have we been able to assess? Yes. The assessment, and, and that's a good question in that you, you raise. Uh, the assessment is key. Um, utilizing the growth of existing organizers from their counts, their sign-ups, with the educators, we, we've gotten school districts involved, uh, we've gotten cities involved with regards to elected officials, um, actually signing um, uh, petitions and documentation as to you know who's signing up, what's happening at the front of the year, and what's happening at the end of the year, um, there are some uh, organizers that have become pretty sophisticated in terms of a father's involvement at the beginning of the year, um, with regards to a 12-week assessment of that child's performance, um, and what happens when the child and, and the father and the, the, the parent stays engaged academically. Uh, until that child ends that particular school year at the end of May or June. Um, and then we also, of course, you know, have the expansion of the cities, which um, is very instrumental in terms of the number of cities that have grown. Uh, I think nearly 1,000 um, cities this year uh, participated in the, the Million Father March, uh, as opposed to, I think, 237 maybe just uh, four years ago. Okay. Okay. Great. And great. So now, in the different components of the uh, the Million Father March, I know in your education component, it seems like maybe is this issue of fatherlessness is it cyclical in the sense that if you're a young man that's raised uh, without a father, is there a higher chance that you know you know maybe you won't participate in the in the life or be in the home of your child. Is that a uh, are there things that prove that this is cyclical? And if so, what are some preventive measures that are taken uh, by the organization, or what are what are what are some possible preventive measures? 
Well, you, know, you are correct. There are some cyclical, cyclical uh, measurements that are involved with regards to the absence of fathers, um, mm-hmm. particularly when it comes to incarceration and the dropout. Um, mothers are doing an incredible job raising sons particularly, um, but we yes. cannot negate the fact that we have daughters that are young ladies being raised with fa- without fathers, which has a tendency to lead to increased teen pregnancy. Um, mm. We have situations where you are more likely to get into date violence. Um, you know, when that man is present, um, you know, the young man that's coming to that door uh, is not likely to whoop up on her. You, you follow me? Mm. Yeah, and I understand. So, yeah, and so there's some there's some some safety issues that are involved. Um, you, you're looking at an issue of gang intervention uh, with regards to fathers uh, being involved to to intervene when that male is in the home. Likelihood of getting caught up uh, in street activity or illegal activity. Uh, it's a very big issue when it comes to anger relative to the parental involvement of having somebody um, to engage with. Now, the other part of this is not just simply saying a father in the home is going to solve the problem because there's a lot of issues that fathers are in the home. Um, I I would say this. They're in the house, but they're not in the home. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so you, you have fathers that are there, and they may be good providers, uh, they may come home every day. They may have an opportunity to um, be physically in the house, but that doesn't necessarily mean they're in the home. And being in the home means you're in the heart. And if you're in the heart, that means that you're engaged with the life of your child uh, in terms of nurturing and leadership, which is one of the things that when we talked about uh, Mr. Stampley, uh, particularly dealing with special needs children and this is what made it attractive to Street Positive, is in 2009 we dedicated the outreach for the Million Father March to children, uh, fathers of disabled children. And when you talk about the commitment that one, as you mentioned earlier in the show, that it takes a special individual to be engaged with a disabled child or a special needs child. And when Mr. Stampley was describing to me what his day is like in preparing not just one, but he has two special needs children that he has to get ready for school and their needs met, as well as the special conditions of a mentally fragile child uh, that takes place with educators. And so we challenged the rest of the country that if fathers of special needs children can do this, why are those men that have perfectly healthy children aren't willing to do it? Right. And and I just wanted to ask a, a, one more point before we move on to uh, your collaboration with Mr. Stampley. I wanted to know, are there preventive measures that are taken as far as uh, the Million Father March and the organization as far as perhaps uh, preventing teen fatherhood or... or you know, is it a situation where there's a promotion of birth control, or how do we, how, what, what preventive measures are taken as far as maybe uh, addressing, you know, teen fatherhood and teen well, motherhood? I think, you know, when you talk about the preventive measures, 
mm-hmm. there's a lot of cultural dynamics, and, and when I mean cultural dynamics, a lot of social dynamics. Um, that mm-hmm. that is something we can't just look at just from a paternity situation because you have right. young ladies, mothers, relationships. You got media. You've got a lot of different components that these young people are exposed to. And right, the culture. The culture, the culture in itself. Right. I mean, you know, when you've got a show like, you know, The Bachelor that gives you an opportunity to rock with five different women. Yes, sir. You know, when you've got a situation like Flavor Flav that says mm-hmm. that, you know, I'm going to be able to choose from five or six different women. Um, when you have these kinds of quote-unquote cultures that says that, you know, it's a hip, cool thing to have as many women so I can get my stripes. I don't think we really are trying to get, you know, totally into that part of the business because we're talking about the men who have fathers. I mean, I'm sorry, the men who are fathers who have children and what to do effectively with raising those children. Now, with regards to the preventive measures, you know, it all depends on, you know, what the dynamics of that community um, are. Uh, I think we talk about economic issues, social economics. Uh, we talk about the, the, the costs associated with parenting a child. And do you have the ability to provide for a child? Um, you have cultures, you know, whether they be MTV's got a show on TV, 16 and pregnant. Mm-hmm. And so when you have a behemoth media giant like that that's basically programming um, fatherhood in terms of a parent and a child or motherhood, um, we have to say what can we do to ensure that that child has the ability to gain an education, to be nurtured, and to be led effectively in a life that is very competitive and not oftentimes forgiving, uh, particularly when you start talking about the the uh, the influence of illicit activity as well as incarceration. And so talking with the young men at the Million Father March, oftentimes there are panel discussions that are going on. The mentoring component uh, that segues into that from the Million Father March uh, is really the intervening component that you're referencing about the preventive measures. And so by mm-hmm. being able to put the mentoring component in place and having these men talk to these young men before they get engaged with a young lady uh, about, you know, having sex and, and the risk of uh, getting her pregnant, that right there becomes a little more of a committed um, uh, focus as far as the Million Father March. The old objective there is making sure that the academic component within the child's life is maintained so that child has the ability to um, be, be educated has the ability to graduate, has the ability to go on and sustain themselves um, so that they can have a a life. And so the cycle from that perspective um, is what we're interested in accomplishing. Right. And I'm sure also, as you mentioned, the culture and and things that go on specifically around the culture and how uh, certain things are emphasized and even promoted and, and how young men have to, and just not young men, but young women have to combat uh, these uh, stereotypes or these promotions of certain things. I'm sure that within the organization there's definitely discussions of child support and what comes as a result of maybe not paying your child support and things of that sort. 
and just even the inclusion of the criminal justice system. I mean, uh, what you'll see at times is you'll see um, the fact that now that the father's not in the home, there'll be a child support payments if the child, if the father doesn't keep up with these support child support payments. Then what we'll begin to see is perhaps the criminalization of that young man. Uh, and I'm sure I'm just asking are all these things things that are mentioned from time to time or addressed within the organization. I, I, like you said, I, I'm sure it varies from different communities. But are these areas addressed? These aspects addressed? They are, and, and I tell you, and that's a very good point because they are a part of the relationship the father has with either the mother and, of course, the child, and as well as the family. You know, even the you know baby mama's family. Um, that may not be in-laws, um, and who's, you know, who's providing? Does he even have income? Um, if he doesn't have right. income, does that mean he's not in love or love his child? That's a, a, a myth that oftentimes is, um, you know, perpetrated on a, a father who is maybe in the rears or doesn't have visitation that, you know, if he's not seeing his right. child, he must not love his child. You know, if he's not paying... Uh, he must not love his child. That's not necessarily true. I mean, I think we have some situations um, whereby there's men, and I have found out many men, I've talked to fathers all over this country, that a lot of, lot of men that are in that predicament love their kids. There are mm-hmm. circumstances that have pro- prohibited them from providing for their kids the way that they would like to. And oftentimes, and unfortunately, and sad to say, it's because of lack of resources or the fact that they have other families. They may have other kids, and when when you got a situation and you're making you know twelve thousand, fifteen thousand dollars a year, and you got six kids, mm. somebody gonna get dropped. Right, right. So the the, the response is what we have to do, or what we should encourage or emphasize, is the education and the mentoring component to to kind of give them a sense of uh, there's other aspects and other areas in which our attention needs to be focused on as young men. They do. And let me tell you, along with that, and I'll be honest with you, one mm-hmm. of the big issues where men can be helped is the support. We we have some men in this country that want to go to work, and for whatever reasons, being incarcerated, uh, undereducated, they're not able to do that. And we have put so much emphasis on celebrity in this country that really is detracting from the the need to to uplift these men that are trying to do something they're trying to get something done and a lot of these guys they're not trying to make 2 million dollars a year they're not trying to make 200 million dollars a year a lot of these men are just trying to be somebody to make some money so that they can do something with their kids Unfortunately, mm-hmm. part of the issue here is not really related to the paternity as it is to the relationship, um, the co-parenting okay. component. So much of this deals with the fact that there's some jack relationships with grown folks that are mothers and fathers in this family, uh, in this, this society, that basically mm-hmm. have decided to have a child, and the fact that they no longer got it together together, they basically got this venom that they're spitting at each other, and the child is sitting there getting left behind, and that's where we really, really got to go to work in this country with regards to 
where that child counts, and that's where that man can maybe sometimes put away his pride uh, mm-hmm. or that woman put away her anger and get down to what's real with this child because these young people are being handed a jacked-up deal because grown folks don't have the act together before they bring them into this world. Mm, good point, good point. Thank you very much. I thank you for that summary and, and, and explanation, uh, Mr. Boykin. Mr. Stampley, are you still there? Yes, sir, I'm still here. All right, Mr. Stampley, thank you. I just wanted to know if you could explain to the listeners how you and, and Mr. Boykins met and explain the co- collaboration that is currently going on amongst the both of you. <clears throat> oh, okay. Uh, well, I'll tell I'll, I'll tell you um, how God put this together, how he put it together. There right. is, was a a young lady that I went to high school with, and she found out that I had written a book. And when she did, she embraced that to the fullest. And she embraced what my wife and I was, was trying to do. And so she helped us as much as she possibly could as far as getting information out there or letting people know what was going on. And she called me one day and told me that there was this gentleman, and uh, he was sponsoring a Million Father March, and he was looking for fathers with special need children. Mm -hmm. And um, so I got that information from her, and I, I, I don't know if I called Brother Borkins or I emailed him or something of that nature and I I told him that um I was telling him about my situation, about my special you know, my special needs children and he also embraced uh what we were trying to do and we talked and uh, you know, he gave me his input and we kept talking as a matter of fact uh, we talked uh, like two years and some months before we even seen each other, which was when he came to visit us. He came to our our home in November uh, during the time of the book signing, and he stayed with us for for four days uh, to see how everything, how we did everything, and um, we chatted back and forth on 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 the phone, and uh, we stayed in touch. I was letting him know everything that was going on here, you know, even through some of our trying times. And once again, I, I, I think we thank God for him because he gave us an opportunity to put this information out here where it needs to be put because a lot of times people, um, they hear what you say, but they're really not listening. You know, right, they may talk right. Yeah, yeah, they may talk to you, and then uh, maybe a week or so, they they still may talk to you after, after after that week has gone by, but then sooner or later, it's gone. The issue is gone. And uh, uh, Mr. Stepp, Mr. Stepp, I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt. I just wanted to uh, acknowledge that we have a caller on the line, so if you just don't mind, I just wanted to take this call before we had to get off the air. Is that okay with you both? Yeah, yeah, that's fine with me. Sure, sure. Okay, sure. Caller, are you there? Caller, are you there? Okay, maybe the caller hung up. I'm sorry about that. I thought we had a call. Maybe they'll call back. 
I hope so. Uh, Mr. Stanley, can you talk about the issue of child child abuse, if you don't mind? Uh, there seems to be, and I'm not sure if it's just a perception from the media, but it, it seems to be perhaps maybe a rise uh, of, of child abuse or abuse of children. I mean, remember the over the summer the the media and, and the you know the Casey Anthony trial uh, earlier. Right, right, uh, I think right. later on there was a, a situation where a mother uh, drowned her kids in the river uh, and, and just things of there was just, there was know, there was even a situation where a a police officer had um, hit his child in the stomach so hard until that caused her death. There was wow. there was a situation where a a child was abused as an infant and he died 6 years later, 6 years later in the care of um the foster parents that had him. Uh so and, what, and this is a what, Go ahead. Okay, I'm sorry. Go, ahead. go ahead. This 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 is in um as I call it, I call it a disease because this is a continuing thing. This is something that really needs to be dealt with. I mean, people really need to know. And I know that uh, our case is not an isolated case. You know, there are a lot of cases that don't even go uh, reported, Dr. McWilliams. Uh, my son himself, his case uh, did not make the media. But it, and, and then on top of that, uh, we got his sister a year after we had received him into our home, his sister was abused. She was sitting in the tub of hot scalding water. Okay, wow. that that case was not reported. Okay, and so um, they ended up. We kept them. We kept his sister and his other sibling, which was a, a brother. They were a year apart. We kept them like a year and a half or two. Uh, the system called us up one day and told us. Well, in about 10 days, we'll be coming to get them to send them back home without even following protocol, period. Right. You know, and, well, and, uh, and so we have – go ahead. I was just going to ask if Mr. Boykins can also jump in. What do you think, you know, uh, this seemingly rise of child abuse or this uh, – maybe it's not a rise, but maybe it's just coming to light. Or Where is this coming from? Uh, and, you know, I, I come and I think about – even Denzel's movie, uh, I believe it was the story of Antoine Fisher that he directed, where, you know, this, the the uh, child abuse or the abuse that Antoine Fisher had to deal with in his childhood and how it, you know, it never seems to leave you. But where does this, where is this coming from? I mean, is it a cultural thing? Is it a societal thing? Where, where, where is it coming from? Well, you know, this that's, that's a very good question. Uh, America, um, uh, the, the world has been for some reason, infatuated with power uh, over youth. A lot of it has to do with the media having more outlets to expose these situations. Um, it's been there. It, it, it's, it's not gone away or come back. It, it, is, uh, it has been there. Uh, and let me give you some perspective in terms of, from a dollar amount for your listeners, to understand what this means in terms of dollars. Child mm-hmm. abuse costs an estimated $104 billion a year. That's a money lot of money. Money spent on fighting child abuse? Is this money that's, spent on fighting? or? No, that's, that's the cost associated with okay. child abuse in America. Okay. When, you're dealing, when you're dealing with 
investigation, when you're dealing with attorneys, when you're dealing with gotcha. medical treatment, psychological treatment. Yes. Uh-huh. So when you look at that, now that we've got a number that we can put to this thing, you start realizing how magnitudinal it is. Uh, where does it come from? A lot of abusers will abuse. Mm-hmm. And so the cyclical part of this um, that comes from people who may have been abused, um, there's issues of anger, there's issues of injustice that gets turned into anger, and also just the the psychological, the mental health components that are involved with this um, get extended to another generation. So now this is your time to strike. Now I'm going to basically do what was done to me, and it begins to perpetuate itself uh, unreasonably. And this is where now we have really, really shown light on this. Now the thing about it, a lot of people believe that uh, in the unfortunate part of sexual molestation and, and sexual child abuse, uh, which is a horrific thing. Well, <laughs> physical child abuse um, has outpaced sexual abuse. But most people, because of sensationalization in the media and, and, and how these things are spent, sexual abuse gets a lot of attention because of the nature of the crime. The physical abuse, when you talk about a fragile child's cry, um, that's sometimes not really get into um, the the media because now you have to deal with the physical ramifications of what happens to a Tavares. What happens to a child who has been born perfectly healthy that is now blind and severely physically disabled the rest of his life as a result of a, abuse? Mm-hmm. And so, and, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was thinking about these. You bring up the different aspects of the different types of abuse, and I was trying to figure out is there a correlation with uh, is there a correlation with those who abuse children and and substance abuse, drug or alcohol abuse? Uh, uh, you know Mr. that Stampley, off the top. I'm deep. Uh, Mr. Stampley may have some correlation because I know that he's dealt with in the the arena of um, particularly kids being extracted, you know, from homes. Okay. Yeah, and 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 in some situations that is the case, but then in a lot of situations it's not the case. Let's take uh, my son once again. Let's take his situation. Um, mm-hmm. Okay, um, as far as we understood and understand, there are drugs or alcohol didn't have anything to do with this. And as a matter of fact. Uh, his his mother was uh i think 16 or 17 at the time and his father was was 26 years old that in mm-hmm. itself is a crime that's statutory rape mm-hmm. okay mm-hmm. and and um my, no one was ever incarcerated for what happened to my son no one ever went to jail or or anything of that nature. So, to, but to answer your question about alcohol and drugs, sure, in certain areas it does play a part. But then once again, it not in all areas. All children that are abused, it doesn't come from a parent or someone uh, being full of drugs and alcohol. Right, right. Now, if 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 you guys can, and and I'll take. Uh, from Mr. Stanley or, or Mr. Boykins, if you guys can just explain the current collaboration that is going on right now between you two men, what are you, what are you guys currently co- collaborating on? What are you doing? 
Well, I, I'm going to let Brother Borkin yeah. handle that one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I was uh, hoping to sit back and listen to you, but I guess I'll, I'll take it then. <laughs> you know I have to give that one to you, bro. I, I, I appreciate that. My, my, New Year's, uh, my New Year's gift, I appreciate that. The, the, the oh, yeah, was, you're quite welcome. You know. You, you know, Dr. McWilliams, one of the things that you mentioned is about the fatherhood, the Million Father March, and, and this yeah. issue about fathers. What we want to do is really bring forth attention to the issue of abuse. It is a horrific situation that occurs when a child has been rendered powerless against an adult or another individual, whether it be bullying um, or, you know, whether it be in school or in home, in the community, in the church, wherever you want to put it. What we basically want to do is show that we can, particularly as African-American men, take on these issues. Um, mm -hmm. It's not oftentimes you see the face of black men, you know, rallying for the prevention of child abuse. You know, that's typically, and I hate to say that, but it's typically a white female um, uh, uh, type of campaign that you see mm -hmm. put into the media. But this is something we want to basically bring forth that, you know, this thing is wrong, and the collaboration uh, on that end must be addressed far as the issue of child abuse. The other one is the relationship that men have to talk about the well-being of their children. And that's what we want to show. We want to show that men do care. Men can go the extra distance. Fathers can go the extra distance in, in taking care of severely disabled children. Um, they're not just walking away from their kids. They are walking towards their kids for a lifetime commitment because these kids will never, ever be able to take care of themselves. Never. Never, never. Mr. Um, Stanley, did you want to say something? Did I hear you? No, no I was I was just agreeing oh. and amen and with bro, with Brother Boykin because it's oh. it's 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 twenty four seven. And and if I can uh, we're about to come to the end of our show and again I'd like to thank both of you for the work you're doing and for the message and, and, and just the campaign that you're putting out there and trying to address the issues of fatherlessness and child abuse and things of that sort. So at this time, Mr. Stampley, if you could just once again give us the name of your book and also let our listeners know where they could purchase that book if they desire. The, the, the book is called A Fragile Child's Cry. Uh, the book can be purchased at www.streetpositive.com. And once once your listeners go to that site, there is also a video of my son and myself uh, on Street Positive's website. And I'm kind of like uh, giving people a little information about what goes on with child abuse. Okay, thank you. And, and Mr. Boykins, if you can also give us your contact information for those who uh, would like to get in contact with you or the Street Positive or the Million Father Movement. Absolutely. Once again, you can get up to date on what we're doing um, with regards to uh, Street Positive, www.streetpositive.com, our phone number, 909-880-9427. Uh, we can also be contacted via email, support at streetpositive.com. Uh, we've just launched uh, another campaign, uh, 187, which uh, basically deals with murder and the 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 the, uh, the the unfortunate situation that's happening which we are losing um 
young black children in this country to murder and violence like never before. And so when you go to streetpositive.com, you get a chance to see 187. You also get a chance to see a fragile child's cry. Uh, I think there's some correlations there that we are really looking at. This is part of what you're talking about with me and uh, Mr. Stampley. Uh, we have got to make sure that we do everything we can to preserve the integrity and the trust of these young people so that they can have fruitful lives and give back to society and be who they are. And that's children that have been blessed by God to benefit our lives, to bring us enjoyment, and we should not be snuffing that out by the things that we do to our young people. Amen. Amen. Can't say any better than that. I'd like to thank both of you gentlemen. Thank you, Mr. Stampley. Thank you, Mr. Boykins, for coming on the air of Just the Freedom and, and telling us your story and telling us what you're working for. And I wish you the best, all the best. God bless you both, and, and thank you again. All right, thank and you. thank you, Dr. McWilliams. We appreciate you having me on the show. No problem. Thank you, guys. Thank you, listeners, again, for listening to us, Just the Freedom. We will get back to you in a couple weeks, please. In the meantime, God bless. Stay strong. Hello?